0: welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like and every positive review and every additional subscriber really does make a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to see you at our upcoming live show at Busker's On The Ball Temple Bar in Dublin on August 21st. With our special guest sky sports nfl analyst phoebe Schechter. full details on the website and on our social channels and tickets are available on eventbrite.ie we'd love to see you then now on with today's show
1: welcome into the irish nfl show we have had the start of preseason, and once we had the hall of fame game last week we've had a number of preseason games plenty of star to come out of them so far but i'm going to run through with andrew morgan a number of games ahead of us this re- remainder of this weekend. Andrew, as always, it's great to have you on the Irish NFL show.
0: Thanks for having me. It's NFL's here, summer's finally here. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. It's good to get started on football again.
1: A toll in the weather, voting the Irish side and the UK side, I'm not convinced it's here to stay. But NFL is here to stay, and obviously preseason is never the same as the re but It's great to see Sky Sports being really supportive in terms of showing some of the live games over, course, this weekend, you know, where we've been starved of. Uh, pre season games, and this year on the game pass package of the course, of the last few years, Sky this year have tapped into you know giving us plenty of access. And obviously, access being the key word at are hard knock starting over the past few days, uh, both in the states and obviously on the Sky Sports screens as well. And we're going to talk about the Jets because the Jets play the Panthers in the open pre season game. And uh, whilst we may not see much of Aaron Rodgers, it, it does look like we're going to see a bit of uh, Bryce Young, judging uh, by the nature of the press conference during the week, uh, similar kind of. Similar to what we've seen over the course of last year, there's certain players get an opportunity to play in pre season. What's your expectation that is from them? How, how, how much are we going to see of Bryce from? Do you think we'll see a half and the digester where he is in terms of understanding the offense? It's always very vanilla in pre season. How much of it are we really going to get from watching this game and see?
0: Yeah, so this, this game's interesting in terms of. The Jets and the Panthers are currently scrimmaging together. So that's one of the um, the live situations that's going on in training camps at the moment. It's quite a few other teams who are doing that as well. So the majority of what the teams are going to find out about themselves and each other is going to be taking place behind closed doors. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting here because he's probably going to get at least a quarter, maybe even um, pushing into the second quarter towards halftime. And I think the, the thing for me, like the, the reviews have been rave. For bryce young coming out of camp the leadership what he's brought to the table the way he's been able to throw the ball for me it's and and i think we spoke about this um after he was drafted he's five foot nine i still need to see how a five foot nine quarterback can function within the league and do all the things that he needs to do because he's such an anomaly and it's going to be so different to see it um he's probably going to be a lot better at it in terms of being able to move in the pocket and do those kinds of things compared to a Baker Mayfield um, or some of the other shorter quarterbacks we've had in the past and obviously he has the wheels as well so he's able to get out of the pocket and scramble and do all those things but that's always going to be the thing that we're looking at Um, looking at uh, the beat writers at Carolina they've been Aaron Rodgers has been saying so many positive things about him and that's been really really good to see as well so that's going to be interesting in terms of At the time the thing that i've been looking at and it's going to be interesting to see how much the starters play in terms of the roster that carolina have it's actually very deep it's it's pretty decent they made a couple of um a couple of additions on the defensive side of the ball this year but if they had a better quarterback last year matt rule probably still been a job he's done a he did a really good job of assembling a roster that could have competed for the playoffs he just couldn't get that quarterback in um at the right time so They're looking pretty strong. Obviously, the Jets are um, all over hard knocks. We've um, seen the Aaron Rodgers show going on and all of the fanfare around that. We've seen the New York Jets defensive coordinator just waxing lyrical in the defensive room about the fact that we've got him. When are we going to see him? Probably. Obviously, he wasn't playing in the Hall of Fame game. Might not get many reps, might not even dress um, for the weekend for this game either. So it's going to be a case of seeing what... um, the back of quarterbacks in terms of zach wilson can do because he still needs that time to develop the overarching um thought process is going to be aaron Rodgers for a couple of years and zach wilson comes back and takes over again so he needs to be able to show that progress and with the, the kind of talent that they've got it's going to be interesting to see um, how much time they get on the field
1: do you think there's a scenario in this game the jets are a little bit more advanced just to the Panthers in terms of where they are in their training camps, bearing in mind they have to come back earlier with the Hall of Fame game in mind last week. Played one game so far. Um, no one really ever really kind of focuses too much on the results. So ironically, we're going to go up to the Ravens at a minute. Our one team that obviously have to focus on, on winning preseason games, but more around the preparation and, and the players in terms of how much uh, game time they'll get tonight as opposed to what Caroline put out there. Is that one to keep note on? We may see them kind of go a little bit further more into the game rather than the Panthers in terms of players on defence.
0: Yeah, and and one guy who um, jumps out to me in terms of we need to see what's going on is Mekhi Becton. Uh, The offensive tackle drafted really early on a couple of years ago has been swarted by injuries throughout um, his career so far. Isn't a starter on the depth chart currently backing up at, at right tackle and he's been someone who has been on a pitch count, he's been—they've been monitoring his reps, they've been monitoring his condition against his injuries. Um, so it'll be interesting to see he, if, how much time he gets when the ones come off the field uh, and and the twos come out. Um, and and it's going to be the thing that I read um, from some of the Carolina and New York Jets practices: is the fact that the Jets have been used to Aaron Rodgers torching them up and down the field, and then the um, the defense are doing tons of push-ups as a result being able to play someone different is going to be such a refreshing thing because when you are going against Aaron Rodgers, you are going to look quite average quite a lot of the time um, in practice. So I think the starters will relish that opportunity in the first couple of series to go against someone different. Um, but it's ultimately, it's about how the the depth players play.
1: Zach Brunson, you touched on it there. There's a narrative out there that they're going to... They rushed on me in originally. The um, they they bought into what they see and it's pro days and all the various t- honest, uh, that came with that. And it was very evident, even early on, that the gap between Trevor Lawrence being selected one and the second two was significant. It's never really materialized from one reason or the other. And last season, he fell out with the media in a sense of his reaction to losing that came in New England um, in that game, which was a punter was top for a touchdown. And he's trying to salvage his career with the Jets. And maybe this is a good thing for him to take a backseat for a year or two. He's still a young guy, you know, so, and, and people still think he's got, you know, the potential to make it. Is, do you see it in that way? Because you touched on there, like, you know, there's a mindset. Aaron Rodgers, two or three years, he comes back into the fold. Is he kind of great? wasn't hanging around for three years and I'm, be involved in this model with him and everybody taking taken over again. It seems, in a strange way, it kind of feels like the Aaron Rodgers original green baiting, where once he didn't play initially, he was brought in and he sat pasty behind Brett Favre. Is this this way of kind of re-energizing himself and tend to back in the landscape, Or do you think it's a shop of scenario where people may look at it and say, I could salvage him, I could make him a quarterback that he should be in a better situation, in a better position, in a better team somewhere. Uh, a trade in off, not necessarily now, but maybe next year. I think
0: I've, I've just finished the Johnny Manziel untold story on Netflix, which for anybody listening, you have to watch it. It's, it's fascinating viewing. But I think we underestimate what goes on behind the scenes in a young player's life as they go from college and they the, and then they go into the pros. These guys are coming into professional contracts, millions of dollars in fan bases, and the New York media is, is, is just another level to some of the um, franchises. And they're young and they're inexperienced. There was a, a game last year, and I saw it on social media with two or three quarterbacks, and Zach Wilson was one of them. Two quarterbacks get interviewed, and they take all of the blame on their shoulders, and it's them, and they need to do better. Zach Wilson was asked after, a th- I think it was a 3-3, game or 6-3 game do I need to do better and he said nope I'm fine and that goes back to the locker room and it's that immaturity of how you're supposed to lead a team and what you're supposed to do so I, I don't think that there's a there's a couple of quarterbacks who potentially are part of the trade conversation that we'll be talking about in a bit but for me it's about putting a Hall of Fame quarterback in front of Zach Wilson and say follow him Do we do exactly as he does learn from him and take everything that you can because he has the arm talent he has the ability to play the game which is why he was number two overall kristen saddam is number one callback on pure potential and talent but there was a lot of growing up that he needed to do and coming from byu into the pros it's co- it's a completely different kettle of fish when it comes to comp- competition the teams you're up against he would be able to dominate and make throws that really shouldn't have been made because of the level of talent when you're in the pros it's completely different so I see that as a really good process for him to then be able to um, to excel when Rogers eventually um, steps away.
1: Uh, and coming from a, a program at BYU, which isn't really at the top twelve level in terms of you know scrutiny, I think even in the college season to go, I said to New York, and that game which you referred to was one of what you touched on there, the Patriots on the road last year when they lost late in the game, and he didn't, he had a he struggled all day and he didn't seem to want to take to take any of the onus on himself in terms of responsibility. And we'll know in this game, um, the Eagles and the Ravens. And so, they, so, once the Panthers and uh, the Panthers and Jets wraps up, we came the Arsenal to watch this game, Ravens Eagles. Uh, the Ravens are interesting because they, they've set a record. It's a unusual a record. I'm not sure whether people will in time will reflect on it, but they've only got 20 games of beat in playoff games. There's 23. 23. 23 now. They did it every year last season as well. It's incredible because in a in league which has very bearing. we I, I spoke to Colin off yesterday and we were discussing the Lions going 0-16 and the year in which the Dolphins won that one game against the Ravens and they won all preseason games. And, and yet then they go season where, where, where one team in particular doesn't win any game. The Ravens obviously take these games uh, really serious. And it'd be interesting, again, training time, you've got the Odell Beckham, I see Bateman's come up to the book list this week. I mean, they've got players and his offense needs to kind of, I'm going to say this offense needs to get going. It's been a bit of a stop start over the past few years and the Jackson obviously has had a number of injuries. It's a contract sagging. That's all clouds cleared up now. This is like, is a, as a bigger picture, there's nothing that the Ravens can fall back on, in my opinion, this season. It's This season is there for, you know, to make a really strong push. But in this game, in this instance, I don't think we'll see much of the eating in for of first-team players. Is there anybody on the bubble even with the Eagles that you're interested to see and, and what's your expectation again for the Ravens? Are you going to take this as serious as they have been doing over the course of the last four to five years?
0: So the, the thing with that with regards to the streak, which is unparalleled and insane, is I don't see it as much as they want to win the preseason games. I see it more as they, their depth players are just better than other teams' depth players consistently. Which speaks to the job that Eric DaCosta does as the general manager of putting the roster together, on why the Baltimore Ravens are a perennial powerhouse. Because you see it when when we watch Hardbox. Starters come out, and the guys that they really focus on in the program, the undrafted guys, the lower draft picks, they get the second half pretty much. Sometimes part of the first half into the second half. A lot of these guys won't make the team. They will get onto practice squads or move to other teams on cut day, but... Ultimately, that's what it comes down to is the fact that their talent at the second string, third string, fourth string is just better than other teams, which is why they consistently win. Um, I agree with what you're saying there. Unfortunately, with, with most teams, offensive coordinators are going to keep their offense under wraps and in the bag. So look at Nathaniel Hackett um, at the Jets. Obviously, you've got Todd Munkin here with the Ravens. <clears throat> We're going to see stuff, say, vanilla. It's going to be very basic in terms of the run and pass and the pass protection game. They don't. They want to be really cloak and dagger with their stuff before they get going into the season. Um, but it will be interesting, especially if um, Lamar Jackson starts, how much drop-back passing we see. The difference with spreading the ball out that we're going to see compared to the last few years where it's been condensed, there's been tight ends, there's been a lot of pin and pull run game. So that'll be really good to see. Looking at um, the Ravens, I'm interested in their offensive line because obviously you've got Ronnie Stanley, um, Tyler Linderbaum, players that have done well. But Morgan Moses has come across formerly of the the, um, the Commanders and the New York Jetsies, pending as a starter at right tackle. He's a guy who's bounced around for a reason because he has been a great size, size guy from um, coming out of the University of Virginia. I think it was Virginia Tech, or Virginia one of the two, but has moved around multiple teams. So it looks like a little bit of a, um, a weakness there. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles um, coming across there, obviously we're not going to be seeing... Uh, much of Jalen Hurts or most of the, the first teamers there in that respect. But I am really interested to see the Georgia contingent on defence and what they can do because obviously you've got um, Jalen Carter and the Kobe Dean returns, Nolan Smith was drafted, drafted as well. It seems that all they did was just go down all the Georgia players and, and pick the next one and the next one <laughs> on, on draft day. I'm not sure how much um, thought and planning went into that. But here, here's a defence that... Has lost some really big starters. Javon Hargrave obviously left in free agency. They've got to replace that um presence in the middle. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see what they're able to do and, and build on from last year. But again, it's gonna be small sample sizes.
1: Is there also elements for the Eagles that transitioning to a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator? Bear in mind two quarters of, of left to be head coaches and they This is well, see, so you touched out there and that these players may not be involved in the season, you know, the tests could be on new teams and stuff, you know, with the, with the, as the, as they gradually go through training camp. But more about transitioning and understanding how these guys are going to manage their offense defense. Is that an important factor going into this as well?
0: Yeah, and I think if if you look at Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, he was previously the quarterback's coach. A lot of teams had interest in him and the Eagles very quickly understood who they had in the building and kept him, promoted him, paid him accordingly. If I'm Nick Sirianni, I want to see an evolution of the schemes that um, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon had and developed and worked with. I don't want to see too much being um, introduced or developed as different because they know that works, they know the system, the players will be able to buy into it very quickly and be able to acclimatise to it very quickly. So in terms of them dipping their toes in the water, yes, it's going to be um, it's going to be new for them. But realistically, you don't want to see too much different in terms of what they're doing um, when with regards to the X's and
1: O's. And then the final game we're going to discuss, and this one really is intriguing, uh, and I, I imagine you're going to have a lot to say on the quarterback situation for the Forty ers And this game, Sunday night, again, another game with Sky or Shaw, nine o'clock. The Raiders and the 49ers, we'll, we'll come to the Raiders shortly, in interest real Jimmy G, very unlikely. We'll see him burn him away. Obviously, he's had an off-season injury. The 49ers, and again, yeah, as we get through training camp, the Trey Lance just continues to, to bubble up. And there's been a lot of conversation between he's of all the quarterbacks out there. You know, is he going to be the one who's going to see most of the preseason action? You know, is he is he in the shop window? Because if you read the, if you believe the reports, uh, Kyle Shanahan is very comfortable with Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold was the one who had to step in and play at any stage. Um, it looks like Brock Purdy's gonna be ready for week one. He's not gonna play preseason. His trade going to the firms well to the 49ers are inevitably is he putting himself out there for another team to say, you know what, we could we could do with a Trey Lance.
0: So reading the 49ers um insider camp reports over the last few days, Trey Lance has been playing really well. He gets a lot of the starters' reps. Um Brock Purdy is still on a bit of a pitch count with his um with his elbow and He's doing a lot to now show that he can be an NFL quarterback. You look at the their debt chart, they've got four quarterbacks. So you've got Purdy Lance, Sam Darnold, Brandon Allen. Potentially you're looking at keeping three for the start of the season with the um with the uncertainty over how Brock Purdy will come back in and acclimatize. So it's the thing the thing with Trey Lance, they they mortgage the house to go and get him. I said earlier um, on a previous show that I was convinced that it was going to be... Um, his name is completely me. New England quarterback. What's his name? Uh, uh, Mac Matt Jones. Mac Matt Jones. I, I was convinced it was Mac Jones that they were going for and the, the top brass basically persuaded Kyle Shanahan against it. They have to be able to save face and a lot of what... Um, John Lynch, the general manager, has been doing is say it's been trying to big him up all the way through the offseason. Oh, he's, he's making progress and all this kind of stuff. There's not going to be really a, much of a trade market for him because teams know that Trey Ladders didn't work out the way the 49ers thought he would. So they really have to do as much as they can to make him as serviceable for their team before they let him go because they're not going to take the 50-year option with it. So the reports have been good. He will see a lot of the, the playing time. And it's going to be a couple of things. First, can he show that he can throw the ball with touch? Because he's got a haritzer. Everyone knows that. But there was no difference between him throwing a 25-yard in-cut compared to a 5-yard hitch. He's thrown it through the receiver's helmets in previous years. So has he been able to develop that touch? Is he able to keep himself out of contact, safe, and playing within the system? Because with the injuries that he has, he has to play safe, smart, for... He seems to be quite injury-prone in that respect. Sam Darnold, again, has had a really good pre- um, preseason as well. His reports in camp have been good, hasn't been turning the ball over very much. So realistically, you're looking at those three quarterbacks staying on the team altogether because if Trey Lance was going to get traded, they would have they would have done it before. You've got um, San Francisco hemorrhage coaches every year. You've got coaches going over to Tennessee, um, going over to the New York Jets. People know about Trey Lance and... Not nobody's really putting an offer that has been commensurate for what they've they put forward in the first place. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. to See, they need him to have a good preseason. Whether we can or not begs to be uh, begs to be seen. But the reports out of training camp look pretty good. Looking at um, looking at the defense, their guys are set. There's one change from last year in terms of Aaron Burks coming in at linebacker. Um, for, for, to replace the guys they lost in free agency but they are stacked across the board there. So what I do want to see, Cleland Ferrell, the uh, fourth overall pick for the uh, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders a few years ago. I think it was the Oakland Raiders at that time. Really underperformed as a top five draft pick has now come to a a team who just breed defensive linemen like farmers breed price and um, bulls and cows and stuff. Can they rejuvenate his career there in that rotation when you've got Javon Harmgrave, Arik Armstead Javon Kinlaw, they've got some guys there that are really going to um, pressure the quarterback when Nick is on the field you're always going to see a double or even a triple team there so that's a situation where he's going to really like, he, he can't not do well in that situation if he still has the talent that they want to see so yeah um, it's all about the quarterback there and again being able to see how much time they all get is it going to be a half of Trey, of Trey Lance, half of Sam Darnold? What, what are we going to see there? Who knows?
1: Yeah, interesting one, Mafferl is very, very worthy of a conversation because sometimes it's the program that you find yourself in that suits your best and, you know, as you say, into it. The 49ers program would just stack to be a rotation there. He won't have to play as many steps. Might serious game and his skill set. Uh, yeah, you come about Trey Lance and, at this stage, I don't think there's any trademark, unless there's a substantial injury somewhere else to a player. But I always felt that maybe the Titans were a team that would consider Rank and obviously came over from the 49ers, GM, now with the Titans. And I thought maybe that was something in the offing to challenge uh, Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, they've got a different direction with Will. Uh, just to have last year's uh, quarterback, um, you know, who's picked them through a round number of games last year. So, yeah, that that wouldn't ever really materialise. And you're right, like, there's, you give up so much in terms of capital to, to move up the tree. And so early in the process. I mean, that was done around the uh, middle of March before well in advance of the, of the draft. And, uh, yeah, as you said, it looked like it was Mac Jones. It would be interesting to see what comes of it. And certainly, has he, has he recovered from the injury, first and foremost, and, and, and what we see, you know, training camp to a game, whilst it's preseason, season still a very different format and uh, exercise for each player. I uh, just want to touch on the Raiders, because there's so little expected of them this year, really. And that's, that's probably a bit. I don't know. I don't think I've been doing the serves. Been unfair. I maybe mean, Raiders fans have challenged that, but we we've had a number of Raiders fans engage on the show. There is demoralized with Where the error? I think you know you, you trade your arguably your most standout player, with the exception maybe Devontae Adams. You know in Waller to the Giants. You decide to move out from Derek Carr, and I think he handled his exit very badly. Uh, they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, which for me is he an upgrade on Derek Carr? I, I would question whether he is or not. We're not going to see him. What are we going to see from this Raiders team? Even you know, as 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 a season as a whole, is limited expectations. Will they surprise us? And again, obviously, the Josh Jacobs team, on. He wouldn't play preseason anyway, but still, the fact that he's not there, their best player arguably be, in terms of the backfield. I mean, it seems like things are a bit disgruntled there. Uh, is that fair to say? Would you would you run with that? Yeah, it, you, you look at the
0: the Raiders depth chart on um, starting on offense. And obviously, you've got the the big name. Skill players in terms of Dante Adams, Jacoby Myers came across Hunter Renfro is their slot third down machine they've got to figure out what they're doing with Josh Jacobs and whether he signs and, and what he does there but then when you look at the offensive line with the exception of Colton Miller they're struggling in terms of quality and they're struggling in terms of depth Um, so that's, that's something that's going to be a concern on the back end on defence the same they brought Marcus Peters in but that, that's a guy who's Bounced around a few teams now after having a good start of his career.
1: Not always the best pair to have around, either in terms of how he- no. Yeah. And and I think that's that's
0: that's the trouble that the Raiders are going to have. Joshua Daniels has come into a team where the draft picks weren't successful. I don't think they re signed a, a first round draft pick over five or six consecutive ones, including the three that they took on uh, in the first year of the John Gruden project. They're a rebuilding team that has got some big players does jimmy garoppolo have the um have the durability to last the season because if he doesn't it's the brian hoyer show and if it's not that the next two quarterbacks are aiden o'connell and chase garbers so if you can tell me what schools they went to i would be um, i'd be amazed they seem to don't you're not allowed to um they seem to be really committed to jimmy who hasn't completed the season in the last two or three years um Their running back situation, obviously, is up in the air. Obviously, Samir White and Amir Abdullah are good players, but they're not Josh Jacobs kind of level. Um, And yet, there are holes and there are situations over the team where you've got smatterings of of good players. You've got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, who are probably one of the top two defensive end pairings in the league. But then you look at the linebacker level, you look at the the, um, defensive backfield, it's going to be a tough year for them based on the depth and the amount of talent that they do have
1: yeah I'd look for this for me and I think you touched on it. this is all about what we see you know the quarterback situation for the 49ers and to just, that, that, for me that would be the main story coming from from this game is there any other ones as, as we close out anything else you know in the windows like the Bears play the Titans like be interested to see what we see how much of Justin fields we'll see you got the Rams and Chargers and it's, you got Saints Chiefs again like as I just said, touched on there, done it. A lot of players won't play. Um, Jimmy Graham going back to uh, New Orleans is an interesting one. Once we won't see the in preseason. I, I, I'm, ent- I'm enthusiastic about how that's going to play out. With you know, Derek Carr had his water target. Will Jimmy Graham be that water target type best player again? I'll be. He's at the back end of his career. Certainly will Maybe not see in preseason. But again, look, I was just wet up type for the new season ahead. And I'm looking forward to kind of running through to week two of preseason, which you next week, Andrew, and uh, by then, is that the week where we see more players play? Because we used to have the four games and the third games when we would argue see more players play for a consistent period of time. Is is this week two game where we see more of the first teamers next week?
0: Well this is it. they there used to be a given like structure of how this all kind of worked. And then Sean McVeigh came in and then didn't place his guys at all during the preseason in four games and probably won't do that much in three. It seems that the league is moving towards a system now where those practices against teams um, are where the stars will get their work. They're going to let their guys acclimatize over weeks one, two, and three, so you see some results go differently. You don't see you see tech teams um, developing in and getting into the groove of things. It's tough knowing how teams devalue the preseason and. They don't, they don't want their guys to get injured. They want to mitigate things as much as they can. But then you see all of the injuries happening in the first few weeks when when players haven't had that load of contact and intensity. And then you see ACLs being blown and Achilles and all of these kinds of things. So you do want to see that progression of stuff. But I think it's going to be certain teams who need answers. That's where you're going to be seeing more time. So when you're talking about the, the 49ers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with their quarterback battle, that's where you're going to see more starters being put in because they have more questions on their roster.
1: Yeah, many of your Patriots fans and um, media suggested they don't really start the season until week five because like, the first few weeks of the season are so difficult for them it's where usually you see a number of losses for the Patriots and they usually find themselves around two and two. Looking forward to next week, Andrew. It's great to have a, have a back. It's not the real deal. It's still be entertaining and plenty of starters to come over the course of the next week. Yeah, we'll do this again next week preview. Previewing three to four after week two of the preseason games. For now, Andrew, thanks very much.
0: Thanks very much. Looking forward to seeing how these games go as well.